This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast. My Pride playlist. Virgin Radio Pride. So Virgin Radio Pride is a go. We are back on My Pride playlist. My name is Matt Horton tonight, joined by Drag Race Royalty, Bimini Bomboulash. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, babes. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm amazing. All the better for seeing you. Oh, thanks um, for having me. So basically, you're here to pick some incredible, incredible songs. I've seen the list of tracks you're going to play. Uh, let's just get straight into it, shall we? So going back to 1980 with the first track, uh, Coffee. Uh, why did you pick this song? So this was when I first started DJing. I heard this song um, through Horsemeat Disco. And I think I heard it when I was out at the Eagle. And I remember hearing it, just thinking it was just such a fun, funky, like you said, dance track. And it was just a lot of fun. And then me and my boyfriend listened to it a lot. So it kind of reminds me of... Stefano and it's just a great track so I love moving to it and dancing to it and I just it just makes me want to be back in the club which mm. I think we all want to be in <laughs> and you are you're a DJ yourself aren't you yeah so how did how did you get into DJing how did you get into to spinning discs uh, it was quite natural like I was going out on the scene in East London in about 2017 and I just started doing it like a lot of my friends were DJing so we kind of were having fun with it and having having a laugh and then I was doing some gigs I've not done it in a long time because obviously I've been focusing I was on the show and then um, I've been doing lots of other bits and I've not had the opportunity but I'd love to get back into it for sure. And let's jump straight into your second track, Donna Summer uh, and the Frankie Knuckle remix of Hot Stuff. Now, is this just another one of those tracks that you like to groove to, the, the kind of track that you like to drop in your DJ set? Totally. I mean, Donna Summer Hot Stuff is an iconic track anyway, but the Frankie Knuckles remix is just so much fun. And it reminds me of my early days when I first moved to London, going out and going out in Soho and just hearing that and like going to after parties. And it just has so many fond memories of that track. I mean, yeah, like I said, Hot Stuff, Donna Summer is just iconic anyway, but I just love that remix. So before you said you touched on about when you moved to London, mm-hmm. um, what was it like starting the drag scene, starting as a, as a DJ in, in Norwich? Was there a lot of opportunities around there or was it a case of, if I'm going to do this, I need to go to the big smoke, you know? It was basically that. I didn't really start doing drag until 2017, but I moved to London in 2000 and yeah, 2012. And I started going out in Soho and that's when I started seeing all of these kind of gender-defying people and being like, wow, like, this is incredible. And I remember going out in, like, in a, like, a cheap dress and a cheap wig and felt the fantasy, but it wasn't really... I wasn't Bimini then. I was kind of just going out, having fun and meeting people. And a lot of my friends were doing drag to a different level than what I was. They were doing it way better than me. And... I was just going to have fun. And then I went travelling and came back in in 2017. That's when I started to actually go out and perform. Mm. But it was like the scene, I didn't really, there wasn't really much of a big drag scene in Norwich from from when I was there. I moved to London when I was 18, but there is a massive scene there now, which is amazing. I'm seeing it kind of flourishing and it's a shame with COVID, it kind of hit. But back in Norwich, um, there's people doing things, which is amazing. So when you decide, you decide, all right, I'm going to do drag, I'm going to give this a go. Mm Mm-hmm. What happens? Do you, you sort of put yourself out to different nights and say, oh, I'm this new new drag queen, I'd love to appear on your bill? Yeah. How does it work? It's kind of... So it was very like I would go out in East London and see people on stage and I'd be like, I can do that. <laughs> like, I want to do that. So um, I, I entered a lip sync competition at The Glory in 2017. It was the first time I'd ever performed on stage and... I did, like, it was kind of a politically charged number and it was a lot of fun and I got into the final 
And it kind of happened from then. I spent a good bit, I'd say a good year, me and my drag sister, Barb's, we spent a, bit, a good year just being kind of messy festival goers and like we were doing it all for free. No one was really like booking us to be serious. And then something, I don't know what it was. It was towards the end of 2018. I was like, okay, I want to actually put more effort into this and see it as more of a viable career option. And that's in 2019 is when I went full-time doing it. Um, so so actually, last week we had on the show Lord Michael Cashman, who uh, is, a, is a British politician, actor, uh, one of the co-founding members of Stonewall. And he uh, also chose Eartha Kitt, who is the, the next artist on the list here. And he spoke about how much of an inspiration Eartha was to him. How much of a, an inspiration is she to you? Massive influence. I think she's just like got that like that like the purr it's just so sexy and like uh, the way she was very unapologetically herself and the the things that she used to say like I'd watch videos and she had like very unapologetic views and I think that was very admirable and this track is one of my all-time favorite songs I actually think it's probably my favorite disco song of all time bold yeah, it's a bold statement, but I love it. I think it's iconic and the music video is camp and she was just very camp as well. And like, yeah, God love her. Did you ever see them live? Did you ever see no, them perform? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But um, Where Is My Man by Eartha? That's like, to me, that's one of the standouts because it's she's done so many different styles of music, but this one is just such a banger. What a great song. Eartha Kit, Where Is My Man from 1983. My name is Matt Horton. This is Virgin Radio Pride. You are listening to my Pride playlist tonight with none other than Bimini Bon Boulash. Now, before we get into your next track, I just wanted to ask, are you are you sort of a keen or were you a keen gig goer? Did you like to go out to see your, your favourite bands and artists at gigs and festivals? Yeah, I've, obviously we've not done it in ages, but um, I loved it. I used to always go to like different festivals and gigs and I think I would go to see Madonna when I was younger. That was like my favourite one. And I think when I was turned about 13, I started going to like pop punk groups and like bowling for soup and people like that. <laughs> and like going in like mosh pits at like 14 or 13, 14 and being like what am I doing here like this is weird but I love it but yeah it was a lot of fun I love gigs I can't wait to go back out there incredible and you say bowling for soup sort of probably wouldn't wouldn't imagine you you know yeah. a, a glam drag queen at a bowling for soup gig also wouldn't imagine you at a blur gig either yeah. uh, and then i heard your track which we all talk about in a bit mm-hmm. and there really is that sort of blur damon Albarn influence yep. in there mm-hmm. um i mean yeah what is it that you like so much about blur why, why have you put them down i think i love blur like that song the song i've put, chosen girls and boys it's just, it's all about gender and it's a bit of a bit of a minefield with that track. It's kind of like, you don't really get it, but it's such a banger and it's like a really cool song. And I just like like 90s and noughties Britpop music. I think that's like a big influence on the music that I've been doing. People like Blur and Lily Allen and The Streets, even The Streets, like Mike Skinner. I think it, you wouldn't assume it with a drag queen, you wouldn't put it together, but I think that's what makes it so good. And it's also very British as well. They're very like British to their core. And I think... Um, that's kind of what I, without even realising it, I think when I watched the show back, I was like, God, a lot of my references are very British and I think that's what people liked. So, yeah, I think that's where the influences come from, for sure. Um, so let's go to your next track. Um, you touched on, or we touched on before, Lily Allen. Uh, and the next artist you have picked is Lily Allen. To me, I think this is one of the most iconic pop videos. Yep. I just love it. Yeah. Uh, and fun fact, my old dance teacher is actually in the video. He, oh, uh, really? He was one of the, the gentlemen in it that lifted her up down the stairs. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lily Allen, The Fear, you could have picked any song, mm-hmm. I'm sure, by Lily. But what does, what does Lily mean to you? I think 
Do you know what? I loved Lily when I was younger, but as I got older, I really started to appreciate her lyrics and her witty social commentary and the things that t- the topics that she touched on. And I, I mean, like, she did a song called "Not Fair," where she's talking about <laughs> men that were rubbish in bed, and I think that's just like iconic because it's like a female artist doing that and being like really witty about it. And I think she she had a lot to say. She was of that era of music where it was kind of like Amy Winehouse, Lily Allen. They were coming up at the, around the same time. And it was just really great for female musicians in, in British pop music. And The Fear, I think, is one of the greatest pop songs of all time. I think it's just the song is iconic. The video is iconic. And it reminds me a lot of my like teenage years and like singing it like, I, not ironically even I think we were like <laughs> into that like me and my best friend like that whole like um pop culture of being like which is a bit problematic now if you think about it but like that's what she touched on and that's what Lily did and that's what I loved about her that's what I love about her now so when you sent over your tracks uh I did have a quick skim through them and the one that stood out to me that I'm so excited to get on Virgin Radio Pride tonight is Youngblood now to me? Youngblood is not just an exceptional artist, an exceptional musician. Here's here's an inspiration and an icon that a lot of people can look up to in the mainstream, you know. And I feel like he has this punk energy that is really lacking uh, within his field at the moment. What is it that you love so much about Youngblood? Why did you pop him down on this list? I think what I love about Youngblood and what I think is just so great is like how he views gender and like the idea of being able to dress up and however you want. And I think that's really cool, especially someone that's in in mainstream music. And the thing is, like, if you ever listen to any Youngblood interviews, they talk about like Bowie as being an influence. And you can see that, like that kind of like gender defying when it comes to the way you dress and the way you act and what you speak about. And I think it's great, like you said, to have someone like that in in mainstream for young kids to look up to because we have lost that. And there have been some iconic people throughout the years, like Pete Burns is another one who played with that, Boy George, Prince, Bowie, like they're not new, like that idea, but it kind of did vanish. But it is great to have someone like Youngblood and they're very unapologetic again with their views and what they talk about. And they're they're doing it for everyone, which is very important, I think. You're listening to the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Matt Horton joined by very special guest Bimini Bon Boulash. Now, we touched on Youngblood uh, being such an inspiration uh, to so many people. Do you remember the very first person that inspired you that you looked at and thought, you know, I want to be like them. I want to sort of follow in their footsteps, whether that be how they dress, uh, the kind of music they make. Who was the first person you really looked up to? I think it was Pete Burns. I do. I think I remember growing up and being kind of like confused. I was very confused by Pete because I was like, do I want to be Pete Burns or do I fancy Pete Burns? Like what was going on here? But as you get older and you start kind of learning more about Pete he was such an icon and I think that they were the the first person that I really remember standing out in kind of going against gender because I didn't understand whether they were male or female but actually it didn't matter like that's what Pete was all about like they would wear a dress and it would be great and I think my dad always used to play me Bowie as well and I didn't really appreciate Bowie again until I got a bit older because it's also that thing of like when your dad's playing your music you're like oh this is rubbish but actually Bowie's one of the greatest musicians of all time yeah and we will get on to David Bowie in a moment but uh, let's stick with Pete Burns for the moment because the next track on your list uh, is of course Dead or Alive You Spin Me Right Round why was it you wanted this track in particular? I performed this song um, for Pride actually in 2019 and I did a reveal I did like 
80s Pete Burns, Dead or Alive Pete Burns into the noughties Pete Burns that we all love, like the blonde hair and the big coat. And I did that on stage for Sink the Pink. So I just won Miss Sink the Pink in 2019. And my first big solo performance after that was Dead or Alive, You Spin Me Right Round. And it's just such an iconic track. It like just doesn't get old. It's one of those ones that you can listen to over and over and it just gets everyone going in the club. Whenever I play it, when I've been DJing, people lose it. So it's just such a great track. Um, now, Bimini, you said before uh, that track about how this, the, the Dead or Alive song is a song you like to perform, put into your uh, performances. Are there any tracks that you kind of won't go near that you won't touch just simply because you think they're so iconic, so well executed that you don't want to, you know, do them an injustice. You're kind of scared to, to, to kind of step on them. Is there any tracks like that at all? Well, yeah, I don't know. There's, I've got, I've always had ideas that I want to do like a really big prodigy number, which I've obviously we've got prodigy here, but I wanted to do a big prodigy number. And that's what I'm worried because I'm like, I don't want to mess that up. Like I feel, I've got an idea of what I want to do. But it's just like the execution of it. It's a big performance in my head. <laughs> it's like massive. But um, yeah, I think that one, That's I've, I've had the idea for years and I've still not done it because I want it to be perfect. But that's it. Like when you're performing and you're a performer, like now I've got my music as well. I can perform my music. But like when you perform other people's tracks, it's about making it your own. And that's what, like I've got numbers that I just, I can do all like all day. One of my favorite numbers to do is Annie Lennox, Money Can't Buy It. And I can I can do that whenever <laughs> like it just comes out. But it's it's always coming up with new performances is always really fun. That's why I get into performing. Like with drag, you can have the freedom to do what you want with it. Mm. And you mentioned the prodigy. We mm -hmm. have got uh, Keith Fent and Co on this list. Yes. What is it? Because to me, you know, I can remember growing up watching Kerrang TV mm -hmm. and seeing this video come on and being petrified yeah. by it. But yeah, it still sort of really hits you mm -hmm. in a real way. What do the prodigy mean to you? I think it's it's the the punky energy. It's that kind of like uh, when we did obviously on the on Drag Race when we had to do Rats the Musical. My character was inspired by Prodigy, and it was kind of like so perfect because I was like, I'm a massive fan anyway, and it, I've like seen them multiple times like years ago. But yeah, it was like very like that was that kind of sound and that like rap like that that punky rap. I just really love it. It just makes you feel like I remember like being in mosh pits like to this song when I was like in my teens and just like losing it. And they, it's just such a they're an incredible group. And Keith Flynn, obviously iconic. It's just yeah, it's this song never gets old either. Would you ever jump in a mosh pit now? Or are your mosh pit days behind you? <laughs> I think my mosh pit days are behind me. I'm too worried about getting punched in the face now. <laughs> but back in the day, I used to have a few black eyes. I just want to talk to you about uh, Drag Race, if that's okay. Now, one of the most touching moments for me was the moment you and Ginny Lemon, you had a great chat about gender and identifying as a non-binary individual. And it, it felt really poignant to me that, you know, you were having this conversation um, and almost like unaware of the, all the cameras, the lights, the microphones around you. Did that sort of come into your mind at all? Did you feel that that was a difficult conversation to have knowing that you were you were being watched by cameras and lights and, and, and microphones, etc.? I think like, and I think that's the same with, a lot, with our season in general. If you watch it, it's like we were all just being ourselves and you kind of just forget that the cameras are there you just have to and also they kind of run around you so like you don't like stop and start with that like that happened very organically and 
it was kind of like that moment was captured and we, it was it came out 10 months after we said it and I couldn't remember we got a phone call from uh, from Drag Race from the producers just to be like this is coming out this week this is what you spoke about just so you're prepared and obviously like you have this feeling of like oh no what are people going to think but the reaction was just so amazing and I was receiving and I still do receive messages from a, a range of people to say that that really helped them and that can be people from like in their 60s and 70s who don't really understand it they're like oh it was very simplified and it made sense a bit and now I understand what my daughters or sons or my like my family are talking about and that's that's all you could do it for like that to me that was like the most amazing thing mm, and and did it ever come a kind of come across your mind that so many people would watch this and sort of hang on your every word and be inspired by that yeah. or was it just sort of and in the moment thing it was definitely in the moment and we also i remember saying to Ginny like before the show came out i was like oh we had that conversation can you remember and we couldn't really remember exactly what we spoke about i know we we discussed the non-binary and how we identify and how we feel but i couldn't really remember how in depth we went and when i saw it broadcast we all like i was watching it with my housemates and we were all just like silent and it was just such a heart felt moment between us two on the telly and we were all sat at home like oh my god this is amazing actually and it was great for Drag Race to air that because Drag Race have the platform to be able to inspire others and kind of push for change that's what they do and I'm just so happy that the BBC did it like it's an incredible incredible conversation and it touched a lot of people which is amazing mm. and you speak about people's reaction i've never seen such an uproar yeah to, to, to lawrence winning and, and you not taking the crown <laughs> the hashtag bimini bomb backlash i think is my favorite hashtag yeah. of 2020 but did you did you feel that why do you think you connected so well with with the people watching and and all over the world really why do you think you really i don't know i think out? i was just i just went on there i went back after the break and i said you've just got to keep doing it. You stay true to myself. And what I went back and did was not compete with others. I think when I first got there, I was like very aware of what was going on. And when I went back, I was like, I've just got to do it for me. And whatever happens will happen. And I felt relaxed and it came across, I think. And I think also, I think because I lip sync first episode and then I came back in with this story, like this, this kind of, this fire people liked that i think they resonated with it and finally on the show one of my the bits that sort of confuses me is those cutaway scenes where you're almost commentating mm -hmm. on what's going on now to me i assume they're filmed after the whole series we shoot we film every morning Oh, right. Mm. So you're having to wear exactly the same thing yeah. <laughs> every day to sort yeah. of commentate on, on what's happening mm -hmm, that day. Basically that, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and then they basically will go through the day of what happened and we react to it and talk about it and, yeah. Amazing. That is a real behind-the-scenes look in uh, into Drag Race. So let's get on to your next track, shall we? ATB, 9pm, such a 90s dance classic why why did you want this one on my pride playlist tonight again i remember i remember hearing this track and i always had like this affinity that i wanted to go clubbing from like the age of eight or something i remember like weirdly like hearing all of that like trance music and being like i just want to go to ibiza and i did go i did go to ibiza when i was a lot older the music changed though but yeah it's just this this again is such a track that just like takes me back to being younger and like really wanting to go out and party and 
it was that f- that first feeling that I was like going to be a bit of a nutbag and like go out all the time. And I was like eight or nine years old when I first heard it. And I'm like, okay, well that's the life sorted for me. <laughs> but it's it's weird because like like you said, it's had like, the rework. Like a lot of and it's the younger the younger people don't know the original song. So when they hear all of these like reworked du- trance tracks, I'm like, do you know the original? <laughs> Rasp- I feel like my dad. <laughs> Rasputin being a, a huge yeah. one. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's obviously come back recently. And, and obviously I did Ava Max, My Head and My Heart. And that's, a, that's um, it goes around the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's, they're all being reworked. It's crazy. Yeah. So music, you said like you were, you were eight or nine when you saw this mm-hmm. and you know that was going to be the lifestyle. Music's played a big part yeah. in your life, has it? Yeah. And it all, like it's, it's always weird. Like I've gone through basically every genre of music <laughs> being like, okay, this is my favourite genre. No, this is my favourite. And I realised I just like music in general, but like I rem- I've gone through like the eras as well of like the, the 60s kind of style of music, then the 70s and then the 80s and being like, this is my favourite. But the, with this, this, kind of dance track I feel like it. They, it's like that 90s noughties kind of dance music they just don't make it like that anymore Are you a, a club 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 person or do you like a house party what is your ideal night out I was a club person and then we it kind of got into more um club then then after party many after parties <laughs> but now now because I gig a lot because I perform a lot and obviously before Covid I was just working all the time I actually stopped drinking for over a year and was kind of just hustling and working and grinding. And that's how I got into Drag Race and I applied for that. And I think people saw that I was like really working hard. But I was, I have this like, I know I have this like natural, like if I lose it, I could probably just go like, go off the rails and just be like party 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 but it's about like reining it in and like knowing that and I have got like I've got better with it but yeah I think like um I just miss like a sweaty club <laughs> let's break from the from mm-hmm. the uh old classic tunes and let's go to your new song yes incredible stuff when this came through I I really didn't know what to expect and especially <laughs> hearing from your sort of your different influences mm-hmm. and but it just works so well I think I mean and on, on the press release it says Lily Allen cross with blur I think yeah. that's a great uh, a great description uh, but how did this track come to be when did you sort of decide I want to you know I want to put a track out and start making music well, obviously, when I was younger, I was like, I want to be a pop star, but I never thought it was going to happen. And then with Drag Race, after you, the global sensation UK Han, it was that kind of like these. So, a, a, a amazing producer called Red Shank and Billy Blonde, they reached out to me and was like, We love your like energy and your like kind of punkiness. We'd love to get in a studio with you. And we just went in and like we kind of started writing the track together and. We were like pulling in, before I went in, they were like, send those over some references, we'll get the sound. And we went in and we just like had a laugh. And like, I never kind of really had the intent, like I never thought it was going to happen. I never thought it was going to be possible. And now I've been like working on loads of music and really experimenting and having fun with it. And just like, like the, the process has been very therapeutic. I love to write anyway. So this has been really enjoyable, putting it to music and like, it kind of, yeah, it just happened very naturally. And I never went on to Drag Race with the intention to release music because I know there's like an obvious route for a lot of kind of drag artists to go after the show. And that was never for me. I was never like, I'm just going to release a track about being on the show and like this. So this came, kind of came about and it felt right. 
and every, every all the music that we've been doing since I'm really proud of. I've got like lots of lots of tracks and I feel like God Save This Queen is the perfect starter track for everyone to be like, okay, Bimini's got something to say. They're like, they're writing, the lyrics are there and I'm excited for everyone to hear what else I've got. Amazing. And how have you found the reaction thus far to the, to the track? It's been great. Like it's been very positive. The music video came out as well and the music video got, uh, that I really like, that was like a dream come true to shoot a music video. Like I've yeah. always wanted to do my own. I've been in many music videos for other people, but <laughs> now I've got to do my own. It was like having that creative vision and like being able to kind of work with like my best friend, Ella Lynch, who's like also kind of my creative kind of partner. And we were like doing the looks and like, it's just, it's just so much fun being able to have that like creativity. Now, something that we're asking all the guests that come through the door here at Virgin Radio Pride is what does pride mean to you? Could you kind of sum up in any way, shape or form what pride means to you and why it is important to you? So pride is very important to me, I think, because when I was growing up, I didn't come out until I was in my teens. And I know it's changing for a lot of people now. Like my little sister came out at the age of 12 when I was just like, that's incredible to know that. And it's because we've because pride is happening and people have been able to witness it. And like the younger generation, when I go on TikTok, just blows my mind because mm. they're all they're all just so socially aware. And I wish I had that when I was younger, but the way I always see it is everything I'm doing now, I'm trying to push so that my little sister has it easier. And to me, that's very important. And I think that's what pride is to me. It's all, it's about a celebration for everyone and bringing everyone together. It's not just about kind of big corporations and it's not just about a big party. It's actually a way deeper than that. And it, it just, it, it, it means everyone should be coming together. And it's a shame sometimes when there is pride splitting up. There's, there's now a trans pride because trans people feel like they're not being included in the whole pride. And it's, it's a shame that we're kind of segregating because we should all be coming together. And that's what it means to me. It's about bringing everyone together to kind of just show that we are here and we ain't going nowhere. And have you got a favourite memory from Pride's over the years? My favourite memory from Pride? Um, so obviously when I performed, um, I performed at Sink the Pink Pride, which was a massive, massive party. And it was amazing coming, like coming, it was a really hot day. <laughs> and everyone like, I remember there was something like, there was like re really bad um drinks the drinks got all dried out or whatever like they've run out of drinks and everyone was moaning because it was so hot but then everyone was just like you know what let's get on with it and just everyone came together it was just so incredible i think just like sink the pink pride parties are always just so much fun i think they're yeah my favorite memories amazing bimini we've got one song left thank you so much for joining us today we really thank appreciate you it for having me no worries at all so do i need to say anything about this guy i mean you touched on him mm -hmm. earlier but Try, just try it and sum up David Bowie to you. So David Bowie is, this This track is one of the first tracks that I first heard. Not first heard, like, I think I first heard, like, Britney Spears. But, like, this was the first track that I listened to and was like, oh, I get it. This is, this is about me. Like, this is how I feel. And I remember my dad would always play Bowie and I never really understood it at the time. And he'd always be like, listen to like Ziggy Stardust, listen to Lady Stardust, like listen to these, this music. And when I finally did, when I got older, I was like, wow, this person is a true visionary and genius and one of the most iconic artists of all time, in my opinion.